Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you weekend fantasy update. Welcome back for our number two of Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Joe Galino, joined by George Kurtz, Sean Angle, the Fantasy Prince, producing our show, doing a great job, as he always does, and uh, really coming into his own with his uh, in- impersonations. Uh, love the Camp Stewart impersonation. Uh, love the, uh, the, uh, the, the, that kind of seventies vibe, uh, guy, uh, that he came back with in the last segment. So, uh, Sean has many talents, uh, that, uh, uh we'd like to hear. So good job by uh, Sean Angle there. So, uh, so George, we're talking, uh, fantasy football continuing on. We'll talk a little baseball too, as the, uh, the, uh, trade deadline approaches July 31st at 4 PM. I love the, uh, that, that, that last hour. George, you know, right before the the trade deadline hits, you know, and uh, let's hope that it's going to be an active one. Well, you would think it would be an active one. Trade deadline is Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern time in baseball. So Mm -hmm. it should be somewhat active, but you sort of hinted at it earlier. There are a lot of teams still uh, trying to figure out, uh, are we in it? Are we out of it? Are we sellers? Are we buyers? You know, and then you got teams who are changing their uh, their plan. You know, the Mets, we're going to trade Zach Wheeler. Oh, he got hurt. We're not going to trade him. Oh, he's back. We can trade him again. No, we're going to trade Thor instead. You know, it's mixed up organizations, to put it nicely. Uh, you mentioned the Giants. Are they sellers, buyers? They should be sellers, but they might hold on now because they might make the playoffs a wild card and then get crushed by the Dodgers. You know, uh, Arizona Rays are in that same spot. You know, Cleveland yeah. Indians are the team that sort of want to. They want the best of both worlds. You know, they want to mm-hmm. be able to trade Bauer but still get players back who can help them this year. Tough right, to do. Great point. Not impossible. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. impossible, but tougher to do. But that's what the Indians want to do here. The Tampa Bay Rays, who were in first place for a good chunk of the season, now actually might be sellers. Mm-hmm. Go th- think about that. You know, they, they haven't, they're not playing well of late. Now Blake Snell is out until September. Uh, loose bone chips uh, there in his elbow. And let's face it, the only way he's coming back in September is if they're still in the race. If, if the race fall out of it, Snell is done until next year. That's the way that'll mm-hmm. work there. You know, so they in, they out. Uh, twins, they... One thing the Twins and Yankees proved this week, they both need starting pitching. And Twins need bullpen help as well. Uh, mm-hmm. That series in Minnesota was a lot of fun to watch. If you watched that Yankees-Minnesota oh. series. But my God, the pitching on, the, on those two teams. Uh, I mean, the pitching on Minnesota, period, sucks. The starting mm-hmm. pitching is atrocious. So mm-hmm. those two teams need help there. You know, the A's could use some help. They want to keep up with the uh, Houston Astros. We know the Houston Astros are interested in another starter. They've been linked mm-hmm. to Matthew Boyd. The problem is the Tigers seem... Uh, now, listen, I like Boyd. You and I have discussed this before. The Tigers mm-hmm. like Boyd a hell of a lot more than I do. Now, they think Boyd's like the next best coming. He's not that. He could be a good num- uh, number two in the majors. But Boyd has killed his, fan- his trade value over the past six weeks because yes. he's getting crushed almost every start now. He's striking batters out, but he's getting hit a lot. So he's doing the Tigers no favors there. It's kind of funny when you think about it. Uh, he's just doing, once again just doing the Tigers no favor there as far as being able to pump up his value when he's getting hit all the time. Washington Nationals are certainly searching for a, a relief help. We keep hearing this over and over again. They want bullpen help. Phillies need really bullpen and starting help there. Uh, Card- do you realize that the Cardinals are now in first place in the National League Central? Amazing. Yeah, I think they're what are they, that- like six straight wins. Uh, uh, and uh, Goldschmidt, I think five straight games with a home run. I mean, they're starting to come on, man. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're playing well. They have won six straight, nine of the last ten. Uh, mm-hmm. Then Goldsmith has hit a home run like 18 straight games in a row. <laughs> Chicago Cubs, uh, you know, they'll look for help with the deadline, although I don't think they'll do anything major. Brewers, another team desperate for starting pitching. Uh, they've mm-hmm. lost, what, Woodruff is out until uh, September with the uh, the oblique. Jacin's right. out. Gio Gonzalez came out with the train. He was pitching a gem last night, but he had to be leave the game with a trainer last night. They're calling him shoulder tightness day-to-day. Shoulder, never a good thing there. So Cincinnati mm-hmm. Reds, they were once, uh, looked like they were going to be maybe buyers. Now nine games out in the division. They're almost certainly sellers here. You know, they could have some interesting pieces. Where Tanner Roark could be had there. Nothing great. Nothing the Yankees would want, by the way. Yankee fans, he's no better than what you have. Uh, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Pirates uh, certainly could be sellers here. Maybe they finally give up on Felipe Vasquez. We're here with Dodgers all over the place looking for an ace reliever. Nothing wrong with Kelly Jansen, but they want a lockdown guy in the eighth. They think that's the final mm-hmm. piece of the puzzle there for the Dodgers. That they, they're in on Edwin Diaz. They're in on Vasquez. They're in on all these go- ace relievers we're talking about here. And that's what they're looking for here, just trying to find the right deal. We've already took with Giants. We've already took with Diamondbacks. Colorado Rockies are, you know, they've sort of fallen off here, but they're technically still in the wild card hunt. So maybe they mm-hmm. add here. Padres should definitely be looking uh, to, to sell here. I know they'd like to make the playoffs to really sort of really jumpstart their rebuild, but it's not happening this year. They should be looking. To, once again, they have one of the best farm systems, uh, minor league systems in the game. Nothing wrong with adding to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rumors about them uh, looking for a starting pitcher. And like you said, they have a, uh, a stacked minor league system where they could actually make a trade, but I don't know if it's the right move for them. But uh, the most intriguing uh, team that you mentioned is uh, the Indians, where, you know, we started off the show talking about that uh, Trevor Bauer uh, is uh, still uh, supposedly on the block. And uh, you brought up a great point that the, the Indians are looking for something back, not only that could help them in the future, but a player, uh, you know, an offensive player that could help them today. Yeah, the Indians, uh, it's an interesting situation. They're only two games back in Minnesota, so they're certainly in the hunt, right? Uh, we know that. They're, they're in the hunt to, uh, to win that division, more or less the wild card. You know, they're there as well. But they, they understand with Bauer uh, that Bauer's gone at the next season. Even the right. where to keep uh, he's gone, all right? Because uh, Bauer, according to you, just from the man himself, only wants to sign one-year contracts for the highest bidder, which in baseball or really in any sport, that is how you maximize your earning potential. You'll get the most money by doing that, by not signing a, a long-term deal. For a pitcher, it's obviously dangerous. He could have an arm injury at any time. Sure. Uh, yes, Matt Harvey. Uh, so good, for, but fine. It doesn't matter. But the Indians realize if you trade him now, you get the most value for him. If you wait till the offseason, well, the value is lesser. If you wait till next trade deadline, the value is lessened. Uh, it's just you know, a simple uh, amount of timing with the team. You trade him now, the team acquiring him gets him for two pennants, two pennant runs this year and next year. If you wait till the offseason, it's only one. If you wait till next season, well, yeah, it's one pennant run, but you only got it for half a season. So they, they, they really would like to trade him now if they get the value for it. But, but they don't want to trade him for, you know, I oh, will trade for a bunch of top prospects, but who none of them are going to play for two, three years. They mm-hmm. still want to trade him for a player or players that can help this season. Yeah, the Yankees make some sense here. The Indies need outfield help. Clint Frazier could certainly help there. So yeah. uh, if a deal could be worked around Frazier, it makes sense. Then again, you might ask yourself, the Indians, well, you know, Been there, we done trade that. Bauer to <laughs> the <Frazier>. Yankees. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not that. Uh, that doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything to them. But if we trade Bauer to the Yankees, we're, if we win the wild card and we beat you know the Red Sox in that wild card game, Guess who we might be playing round one? Oh, the Yankees. And mm. you traded them, Trevor. You might have traded them the player that's going to help them beat you. That sort of thing. So they'll have to be wary of that. But one thing about the Indians, about trading Bauer. Yes, Bauer would be a loss. He's one of the better pitchers, obviously, in, in the American League. But they have younger guys to cover for that. Especially if they get Carrasco back. If they get Kluber back. They can cover for that. The offense was what they need, and there's not much. Out, <coughs> excuse me, there's not much uh, offense out there, mm-hmm. so that's what they need here. That's why a trade of Bauer does make sense if they can acquire what they want. And like I said, I, I just bring up the Yankees for Frazier. There are other teams that have what they uh, sure. would uh, require as well. It would take more than just one player. It would take more than Frazier, you know, from the Yankees. So it'll be interesting to see how the Indians go about this over the next, you know, four days. Do they indeed move Bauer or do they get, you know, maybe not, you know, uh, seller's mm-hmm. remorse here and decide not to do it, pull them back. Uh, it, what, it's going to come down to what the offers are. 
and the price will be very high because if, if the Giants aren't going to trade Bumgartner, then Bauer is probably a number one starter on the market that can be had, and that price is going to be hard because everyone needs one. So it'll be interesting. That's why uh, Toronto wants so much of Stroman. Oh, by the way, all this noise you hear about Toronto uh, all of a sudden saying, oh, you know, we might sign Stroman to an extension, that's all bullshit. They're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's once again, that's just uh, GM speakers trying to get the price higher. That's all that is. But, oh, yeah, we have another option. We can just sign the guy and keep him. They're not doing that. Yeah. No. No, you brought up some really good points in terms of the Indians because they have the depth. As long as these guys could come back, you know, the, the Corey Kluber, the Carrasco, um, you know, they'd have three top starters, uh, you know, if you throw Shane Bieber in there as well. And, uh, it, you know, the reason why I said, you know, been there, done that with Clint Frazier is maybe they're more privy to some of his shortcomings because uh, he came up out of their system and they, you know, I mean, uh, they might uh, say, hey, you know, maybe we, we're not interested in him. But, you know, who, a guy who uh, I saw a, an, a rumor that he might be on the block and if the Indians are really looking for a power bat, Jose Abreu. Uh, I wonder if that's real, the the, the, uh, the rumors that the, the White Sox might be shopping him. And I know they have uh, Carlos Santana, but, uh, you know, maybe they could uh, – Use Santana as a DH or whatnot if they if they would get a Brayu, but Brayu really big bat. I don't know if you would do that deal. Well, th- those rumors were sort of shot down a few weeks ago about the uh, about a Brayu, and it doesn't matter anyway. There's very little chance that the White Sox would trade him in the division anyway. Uh, it mm-hmm. certainly could happen, uh, but mm-hmm. odds are the Cleveland Indians would have to blow them away to get them uh, to get a Brayu there. Uh, it would make sense. <laughs> it certainly would make sense, and Cle- uh, Cleveland would have. What the uh, <laughs> what the Sox want, but I don't think what Bauer for Abreu, interesting, mm-hmm. because that's really what it would be a one for one deal. Mm-hmm. Here. And I don't know if Cleveland quite wants to do that. I don't know if the White Sox quite want to do that. It'd be an interesting deal because it really would make sense for both teams. Uh, as far as Cleveland gets the bat they need, and you might just tank. Always go to DH or Abreu goes to DH, whatever it works there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the White Sox get that pitch. But the problem with the Sox would be also Bauer doesn't help you this year. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he, he's not. You're not. You're not in playoff contention, so he doesn't help you this year. And even mm-hmm. next year, you really ready to make that leap? Maybe, maybe. You know, Kopech come back, comes back next year. Maybe he can uh, pitch well. You know, maybe you can make it that big free agent sign. You weren't able to get Machado this year. Maybe you'll be able to get the big guy next year to help your team. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that trade makes really more. It makes fine sense for Cleveland. I don't know if it makes much sense for Chicago. As far as uh, that deal, they probably want prospects in Cleveland. I don't know if they have the type of prospects to give up to get uh, Jose Abreu. But like I said, I don't think they traded with them at division. And this was sort of debunked a few weeks ago about uh, the White Sox trading Abreu. That being said, (laughs) I would assume most GMs run the same way I do in my fantasy teams. Anyone is tradable if the right offer comes along. Sure. You know, really, Mike Trout is tradable if the right offer comes along. If you're going to give him your whole entire farm system, they'll trade the player. Uh, that sort of thing. But uh, in the end, I, I don't see that happening. Where uh, Not in a division, not for the, those two type players. But it would be a fun deal. I think that's more of a fantasy mm-hmm. deal, though, than a uh, real-life one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, since we're you know, talking uh, you know, trade deadline and you are – the uh, closer guru, uh, you know, you mentioned the Dodgers really looking for, you know, uh, some some bullpen help, uh, you know, ahead of uh, Jansen. Uh, Brewers uh, need starting pitching, but they could use some help in the bullpen as well. Braves, A's, Nationals, Twins, just some of the teams that are looking for bullpen help. Uh, you know, there were rumors, and, and I don't know if you've heard of this, has been shot down, but, you know, we talked about the Mets, you know. Possibly uh, moving Edwin Diaz, you know, maybe uh, uh, Blue Jays closer uh, Ken Giles uh, on the move. Uh, uh, I was going to call him the Lions, but the t- Tigers uh, uh, closer Shane Green, Greg Holland from the Diamondbacks, Wade Davis uh, from, from the Rockies. And you mentioned they're kind of like, you know, on the cusp of, uh, of, you know, whether or not they're you know going to try to go for it or just, you know, move on. And, and the Reds being sellers with uh, Rysel Iglesias, uh, Sergio Romo, Ian Kennedy. I mean, all these guys have been mentioned as possible uh, trade targets. The thing is, and we've spoke about this in the past, these guys are closers now. But, uh, I mean, no guarantee that the teams that they get traded to, where that they're going to be closers on the, on the new uh, rosters. The Dodgers can really screw things up for fantasy owners. If they get what they're looking for, they're looking for an ace closer. They're not looking mm-hmm. for a secondary guy. They're looking for an Edwin Diaz. Diaz? Uh, Vas- <laughs> Vasquez. 
uh, type, someone like that, Iglesias, they're looking for an ace closer, which means mm-hmm. if they're able to pull this off, fantasy owners going to get screwed because you're going to lose an ace. Yes. The ace mm-hmm. close is going to go away here if the dog Kirby Yates wants to say they would trade Kirby Yates to the Dodgers anyway. But, but that's what they're looking right, for. Will right. Smith, Hartzar mm-hmm. is not going to the Dodgers for that reason as well. But mm-hmm. that's what they're looking for. The Dodgers believe that's the, their final piece to the puzzle is that you know, the, the eighth, ace eighth inning guy. You know, starters go seven, which makes sense with Ryu, Kershaw, uh, Bueller. It does make sense what the Dodgers want to do. They know they can hit enough. So uh, I like I kind of like that thinking here, but it's going to cost a lot, and it's going to be tough to find here. And you go through the closes. Uh, Arizona, they've mentioned that uh, Greg, they're going to discuss Greg Collins' role with the team, which means you suck as a closer right now when you're pulling from the job. Uh, that, that's what that means. Uh, so he may not be the closer for all that much longer. Luke Jackson, I have to think the Braves are going to look to upgrade here. They can't get a starting pitcher. I think they do want another starter, but they can't get a starting pitcher. They will look to upgrade the bullpen. Well, they're not replacing Jackson or just uh, fortifying help there in the seventh and eighth innings. We'll wait to see what happens. Baltimore, Michael Givens is certainly on the block here, whether or not he goes for uh, – <laughs> I don't know if he'll close for a new team, but he could be a bullpen help there. Nathan Iavaldi, he is the closer for Boston, but I do think they're going to use him like the Yankees would use Batantis or like the uh, Brewers. Probably more like the Brewers would use Hayter. Yes, he'll close most of the time, but there will be times mm-hmm. where he's using the seventh inning and eighth inning and doesn't close. Someone else closes out the ninth because is going to come on to pitch multiple innings when it's important to the team. I think that's the right way to do it. I think mm-hmm. more baseball teams should do it that way. But uh, I think that's how they're going to use Iovaldi. So he will piss off fantasy owners from time to time <laughs> when he's not given that save opportunity. Uh, I wonder if mm-hmm. the White Sox market Alex Colome, uh, for, once again, the price for these clothes is astronomical. If they feel they can get that price too, I, it wouldn't shock me if they move him. Iglesias already mentioned that Cincinnati will talk about moving him now. Uh, Cleveland, uh, a month ago, they was talking about Brad Hand being moved. I don't think that happens. Wade Davis has been terrible. Uh, often, really, he's been better of late, but he's been pretty terrible all season long. Uh, Shane Green is going to get traded, and I do think he's yeah. the one who might go to Atlanta. I think he's doing a Michael to Atlanta and take over for Jackson, even though he's not really all that much better. Ian Kennedy. Joe Jimenez becomes be closer there? Yeah. Uh, Ian Kennedy, okay. uh, nobody cares. Detroit sucks. Okay, they're mm. one of the worst teams in baseball. You're not, you know, they're not going to rush out the grand Joe Jimenez. Ian Kennedy's going to be dealt, but likely not as a closer for a new team. Sergio Romo, same thing, dealt not as the closer. Minnesota needs a closer. They need, they need everything. Uh, Edwin Diaz, he only gets dealt if the Mets make a home run here. Uh, BVW, Brody Van Wagenhagen is not going to want to admit the mistake he made here. So they have to hit a home run in order to deal him here. It's still Liam Hendricks for Oakland. Training's not ready. Uh, Pittsburgh will consider the drug trading baskets. Carlos Martinez on the uh, trade block for St. Louis. Weird is that he's their closer for their new team. And there's several other guys who could be on the move as well. We'll be back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back. Weekend Fantasy Update. I'm George. He's Joe. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Good stuff, George. And uh, we're back here. Weekend Fantasy Update. Uh, we were talking to some uh, baseball in the last segment. And uh, I was telling George, this is really what makes uh, fantasy baseball and just following baseball in general so much fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. We, we love uh, football. I, I love football. But uh, just, uh, you know, I, I love, uh, I was telling George, I love December because you have the GM uh, meetings. Uh, then when traditionally there's been a lot of movement there. 
And then, uh, you know, the July 31st trade uh, deadline, you know, you've had times where nothing's happened. People have been disappointed, but you've also had times where some big names have, have been moved. But, uh, you know, I was thinking we were talking Trevor Bauer and, uh, you know, Mike Francesa, he works over at the fan. Uh, so he was getting into kind of like a, a was it a Twitter war or he was he was uh, talking about it on his radio show? He was talking about Trevor Bauer. He said, a guy like that who says a lot of crazy things. I don't think he's a comfortable fit in our town. He's a nutcase. You ever hear him talk? He's a fool. That would be terrible in New York. It won't work here. So that's what the Francesca thinks about. He definitely, uh, Br- uh, Bauer definitely has a, uh, a different kind of personality. Yeah, he's, it takes a little bit of getting used to. It would be interesting to see him uh, interacting with the New York media. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, I think, I think Mike Francesca, for the, for the most part, is a blowhard. But that being yes. said, he's got a point here. Uh, Bauer in New York <laughs> would be interesting. You know, he would yeah. get called on his uh, uh, his takes on several things. He's, he has said some dumb things that you, you have to be smarter about. So uh, it'd be interesting. I don't think it'll happen. I doubt it. Uh, the odds are coming to New York. I think once when the Yankees be interested, but I don't know if Cleveland would trade him here. There'll be other suitors for his services, and the other teams might obviously offer more than the Yankees. And once again, if the trades are even, Cleveland's going to go the other direction because they might end up playing the Yankees in the uh, playoffs. So all that's mm-hmm. in play here. And there are other organizations. I mentioned Houston wants a starter. They have a better minor league system than the Yankees. San Diego wants a starter. They have a better minor league system. So they can outbid the Yankees as well here. So, uh, like I said, I think Francesca has a point there where uh, it would be interesting. It would mm-hmm. certainly be interesting, but I don't think it will happen. By the way, just to uh, finish the uh, closer reports, we ran out of time. Uh, Kirby sure, Yates sure. is another name mentioned, but the San Diego Padres want a mint, uh, a mint for him. Will Smith is sort of the same thing here. They want Giants want a lot for him. Uh, Seattle Roman, Romanus Elias, sort of like Michael Givens. His name is the current close. His name's been being mentioned. He would not close for his new team. Texas just lost their closer. Sean Kelly p- placed back on the I.L. Looks like it could be for the minimum amount of time. Chris Martin looks to be the closer there, not Jose Leclerc. Yeah, I still didn't go back to him. Ken Giles, I think once Strowman goes, Giles is next for Toronto. You're a bad team, going to be a bad team for another, you know, a couple of years. You don't need Giles. He can bring you back something really nice if you were to trade him right now. He might be that secondary piece that the Dodgers are looking for, you know, where he'll, mm-hmm. he'll be expensive but not a mint. You know, like these other teams want. I wonder if the Dodgers end up settling with someone like Ken Giles. No. Good stuff there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, also uh, starting pitchers on the move. You talked about, you know, Matthew Boyd. Uh, To me, I mean, kind of like he regressed to the mean, you know. I mean, uh, has that ERA now way, uh, not way over, but over four. uh, But uh, over his last several starts, pitched poorly, still striking out a ton of of guys. Uh, Other uh, rumors I've heard, uh, the Rangers may be shopping uh, Mike Miner. Uh, Diamondbacks might even be shopping Robbie Ray, and uh, you mentioned the Astros. I think those two guys might fit uh, nicely in, in the Astros' rotation, one or the other. Yeah, uh, once again, with Robbie Ray, San, uh, Arizona just hasn't made up their mind are their buyers or sellers yet, and do they want to trade one right. of the better starting pitchers? Yankees are also interested in Robbie Ray, uh, as, far, mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned. And I wonder if someone like Ray, someone like Miner, are they the player that teams target? All right, we didn't get Bumgarner. The Giants didn't sell him. Oh, we didn't get Stroman. He went to this team. Bauer, oh, they're not trading Bauer. That's where they, now they look at the secondary market. And the secondary mm-hmm. market is Mike Miner. The Texas Rangers also could be in the uh, – they they're opening up a new stadium next year, which is amazing to me because I don't think there's anything wrong with their old one. But they're opening up a new right. stadium next year, and they may decide, you know, we want to be good. You know, we want to be good. We open up the stadium. Let's not trade Miner, or at least let's mm-hmm. not trade him unless we get – you know, a small fortune for them, that sort of thing. Right. So they may not be – I don't think they're just looking to trade Miner for the sake of trading. I think they want a very good deal, and I don't know if that's coming for someone like Mike Miner, who's had a very good season, and his numbers yeah. against good teams are, are also very good. He's pitched well against the top mm-hmm. echelon teams. But I think, uh, you know, I mentioned this earlier for the Yankees, when I look at these guys, is Mike Miner someone who's going to win you a playoff game? And my answer keeps coming up, probably not. He's not that kind of pitcher. He's just another guy more built for the regular season. Give you solid innings during the regular city, uh, season. Give you that quality start. Give up four runs, that sort of thing. In the playoffs, that doesn't get it done. Mm-hmm. I think the Yankees are, are a little different in terms of their offense this season. I mean, 
I presume that we're going to see Giancarlo Stanton back in their lineup before the season's over. But uh, in the recent past, I feel, and you can tell me if you agree or not, that they've been like the, the kind of team that just almost like depends too much on on the home run ball. And, you know, you know, we know home run hitters, free swinging and whatnot. And, you know, John Carlos Stanton striking out a bunch. And, uh, you know, but this year, you know, they have a, some players – in their lineup, you know, the Urshelis will take a pitch, uh, you know, uh, it's just like, a, it, it, it's like a, a little bit of a different vibe. I'm almost worried about what happens to this team once a Stanton comes back, you know, for, you know, for, for uh, the long haul. Do you think that they're a little bit different, a little bit better, a little tougher uh, to get out? Because let's face it, I mean, you, know, you talked about the difference between the regular season and the postseason when it comes to baseball. Uh, you know, you could win a ton of games during the regular season, but when it comes to the postseason, you're facing the best of the best in terms of you know starting pitching, and uh, you know they they then know how to get some some sluggers uh, out and to swing at some pitches that they normally wouldn't. Well, when you look at the uh, well, who the Yankees are playing in the postseason, uh, I said they're, they're going to win the division. All right? I don't care. Boston scores fifty runs today, which they might against CC. Well, <laughs> oh, man, Boston's not going to catch the Yankees in the division. They're too far behind. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm serious. I don't. I think tonight could be another blowout. It's CC against mm-hmm. Chris Sale, so that doesn't shock me at all. If the Yankees get wrecked, uh, I should say late this afternoon. By the way, it's a four o'clock game. Uh, but when it comes to who the Yankees are uh, facing the playoffs, you know, if they if they have the number one seed, they'll face the wild card winner. You know, so it could be a Boston and Cleveland could be facing each other in the wild card, and mm-hmm. the Yankees would probably root for Boston to win that. Believe it or not, because you face Cleveland, man, you could be going up against Kluber. You know, Bieber, uh, Carrasco, if he's back. You know, I, I know Trevor Bow if he doesn't get traded. We, we don't know what Cleveland's going to look at then. But uh, the Yankees right. wouldn't want to face either one of them, by the way. I mean, when you think about it, Boston's a, you never you never really want to face a rival because you just don't know what's going to happen during a rivalry. You know, things get tend to get evened out there. And Cleveland, with that starting pitching, I mean, my God, uh, that wouldn't match up well for the Yankees. So uh, the Yankees are going to have problems in the playoffs. They're built for the regular season. Yeah, the Yankees are built to hit the home run. And you hear fans complain all the time, oh, they hit too many home runs. During the regular season, you get away with that. You're going to play so many bad teams. Yeah, we've, mm-hmm. we've been told it was day one that the American League has like about, you know, it's half it's good, half it's terrible. Yeah, so you're going to get beat up on a lot of bad teams here. And the Yankees are a good team, but in a five-game yes. series, which is what the divisional series would be, they don't match up well early against anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the Red Sox will be their, probably their, their best matchup because the Red Sox have starting pitching problems of their own. You know, Chris Sale hasn't been Chris Sale this year. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez has probably been their best starter from day one, but he's far from elite. He's been best. David Price was good early. Now he's struggling of late. Uh, pitched a good game the other day. And, you know, Rick Porcello has been terrible. Kirchner, I know he beat the Yankees last night, but they were runners on base all freaking game. The Yankees just couldn't drive him in. You know, so, you know, the Red Sox have really the same problem as the Yankees, and their bullpen's terrible. But the Yankees, well, if they win the division and they go up against Houston, that's going to be a problem. And it's a problem for anybody, mm-hmm. by the way, not just the Yankees. You're going to face Cole and Verlander odds off four times in that series. Games one, two, what, five and six? You know, they might mm-hmm. even bring Verlander back early and try and go four and seven. You can face them five times. Right. I think right. It's, not, it's, going to be, it's going to be tough to beat those guys. <laughs> Yankee, when was the last time the Yankees beat Verlander? I mean, really, when was the last time? He won game seven a couple of years back when they, they couldn't beat him. Right, when was the mm-hmm. last time the Yankees beat him? And Cole, you can make an argument right now, Cole's pitching better than Verlander. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I truly believe you, Cole will be a Yankee next year. The Yankees wanted him from Pittsburgh in that deal. Houston outbid them. Now he's a free agent. And the, I hope the Yankees will get outbid again. Was it Anderhar was the uh, the sticking point, if I'm not mistaken, in the trade? Yeah, they, they, they wanted didn't uh, Miguel Anderhar. Yeah, they wanted Miguel Angel. The Yankees didn't want to include him, and Clint Frazier was the other person mm-hmm. that. I think Chance Adams was well, the player the Yankees were trying to push on Houston. Mm-hmm. You know, Adams and Frazier, they didn't quite go for that. They wanted Andor, which in this case, that probably would have been a lot to give up for Cole, by the way. You know, if you would have mm-hmm. given up Andor and Frazier, you know, nobody knew right. Andor was going to get hurt this year. So you really can't count right. that. If we would have known that, sure, then you'd do the deal. But no one knew that he was going to pretty much be, uh, be a lost 2019. Uh, I know people like to knock Frazier. All right. Uh, and yes, he does have some maturity issues. Uh, there's obviously some maturity issues here. Him not uh, after he got demoted last time, being upset that he got demoted. While it's true, he didn't deserve to be demoted. 
Now, he didn't. Mm-hmm. It was a numbers game. You know, the Yankees just didn't want to release Maven, and I don't blame them for not wanting to release Maven. He, and Frazier was playing very well. You could argue at one point he was the Yankees' best outfielder. He was playing that well. But it was a numbers game. He had options. The other players didn't. He didn't handle it well. You know, complaining about then taking the full 72 hours to report. Yes, by CCBA, he did nothing wrong. You're allowed to take 72 mm-hmm. hours. But he took it, and that just looks bad. It makes you look like a baby. And he's had other right, issues right. as well. Plus the power, the fact that he's had uh, so many defensive issues this year, which is kind of ironic because he's not a bad defensive outfield. That this year he's been terrible for whatever reason. He's got the yips when it comes to the uh, fly balls in the outfield. Uh, so and the Yankees, Yankees have let it be known. I think he's made a mistake over, since he demoted by not calling him back up. They've had opportunities, and they haven't right. called him back up. And I think that's been a mistake because it's let other players, know, other teams know if the Yankees are down on him as well. I don't think they're mm. there. I don't think they're down on him as far as his ability to play. But I think they're down on him as far as his attitude. And they're sort of punishing him for that attitude. And I think at this time of year, it's probably a mistake because you want to trade the guy. You want, to, you want him to be that centerpiece of a trade that brings you back that, that pitcher. And I think by doing this, I think, the, I think Cashman and the Yankees have hurt themselves a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you brought up some good points, and uh, you know maybe he's made some, some bad issues. But on the, on the other hand, you look at it, hey, you know, uh, the fact that he didn't want to get sit down could be looked at as a positive, but you're right. You know, taking the full 72 hours to report, that doesn't make him look uh, very good. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what the Yankees could get for him, but you're right. Uh, by them, uh, basically, almost the Yankees have played their hand uh, by keeping him down in the minor leagues. Hey, you know, since we're talking baseball, a guy that's uh, back uh, in the majors, uh, talk about the Diamondbacks, and maybe it's a foreshadowing for maybe what they might do. Uh, you know, as the trade deadline approaches, Yasmani Tomas was called up uh, from AAA by the Diamondbacks. He was batting 305 with 29 home runs. I mean, uh, you know, but we talked about the Diamondbacks, where uh, you know statistically they're not that far out from uh, in the in the wild card race. But you know, from what I read, they kind of like a are realists and, and uh, they understand that maybe they uh, could trade away some assets to uh, help them in the future. But Yasmani Tomas, it'd be interesting to see how, if if the Diamondbacks do make some moves, uh, how many at-bats he gets and if he could uh, end up being uh, someone that could help you down the stretch on on a fantasy team. 305-29 home runs this season in AAA. Yeah, Diamondbacks are only three and a half games out of the wild card, you know, but they're mm-hmm. behind one, two, three, four, five teams. Yeah, Cubs and yeah. Nationals are tied for the wild card lead. They're behind Philadelphia and Milwaukee and San Fran as well. So that's a lot of teams you've got to climb over there. I think a Diamondbacks also sort of realize here, okay, we're three and a half out. Obviously, that's doable. You know, you got two months left. That's easily doable. But to really make noise, we'd have to probably trade in. And mm-hmm. do we want to do that when we, we have no chance in hell at the division? That the division, that's gone. You right, know, the Dodgers right. have a 20 game lead or whatever is silly like that. So is it worth it just to give up assets now to go for the wild to go for the one game wild card? Hope we hope we win that. Yes, mm-hmm. they have a pretty good chance of winning that wild card game. You can throw Granky, or you can throw Robbie Ray in that. Mm-hmm. That's right. nice, you know. So and that, that is nice. That's a bonus. But do, do you really want to go, you know, balls to the wall to do this? And I don't think mm-hmm. they do. You know, I think they sort of realize that they sort of understand that it's, it's just not worth it. You know, to go to do that. I think the Diamondbacks are going to end up. I think they'd like to trade Granky, believe it or not. Only because not so, uh, he's fine. You know, look, look at his career numbers, I think, with, uh, I forget who, the other day. And he's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. When you look at his he this guy's going to be a Hall of Fame pitcher here. Uh, he's, he's going to make $35 million the next few years. I mean, that's <laughs> 70. I think he's, he's owed, from this point forward, he's owed $84 million. I mean, wow. damn. That's mm. a lot of money. So I think they would move him if they could. But you mentioned Bauer being quirky. Well, Granky's even more quirky. Yeah, you know, yeah. Granky's he got won't a work big uh, no trade list too, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no trade like list can be worked teams. around, but uh, yeah, but uh, he does as well. And uh, but he's he's quirky as far as he has anxiety problems. He would never work in New yeah. York, Philadelphia, Boston, the big towns. He just won't work. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't work there. He'd be a nightmare for him. So I don't think he's going to get moved. I don't. Uh, it'd be very difficult. Plus, the the Diamondbacks would have to eat so much money and still want a top product. Good luck. I mean, really, good luck mm-hmm. with that. Uh, Robbie Ray is much more likely if they're willing to trade him. See if uh, if they can get something back for him. But in the end, I also wonder if this team just stays pat, stands pat. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we get in with these guys. We'll see what happens. You know, because let's face it. You know, in a five game series, you throw a Granky and Ray out there. Mm, that's interesting. 
Yeah. It, you get yeah. one good start for another pitcher, you could win that. You know, so it would be interesting. But the problem is that that five-game series is going to be up against the Dodgers. You know, yeah. uh, I'm looking at the uh, Ryu, yeah. Bueller. Yeah, Ryu uh, pitched a, a nice uh, game last night. Uh, just under seven innings pitched, uh, one run. Looking for him to slow down. Still has a 1.74 ERA. Uh, I'm, I'm interested that you say Granky uh, Hall of Famer. I'm looking at his uh, lifetime stats. Over 2,500 strikeouts, 197 wins. 35 years old. If he could get up to close to 250 in terms of win total. Uh, Nobody cares about wins anymore. What do they care about? Strikeouts we, and ERA? Well, like we when it comes the, to Hall of Famers? I know. I we know all you, know wins right is a bunk statistic. You know, yeah. It doesn't matter anymore. You know, I had a friend of mine, a Met fan. He was a Met fan trying to argue that uh, five more years that DeGrom would be a Hall of Famer. Oh you think DeGrom, DeGrom <laughs> would be lucky to get 100 wins. Think about that. That's not a joke. He's only got 60 right now. He'd be lucky yeah. to get 100 wins, and yet he might be a Hall of Famer. All right, we'll be back uh, with more Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena, along with George Kurtz. Sean Hangle producing our show. Good discussion on uh, some uh, baseball topics. Past couple of uh, uh, segments. Uh, we're going to switch over back to uh, some fantasy football talk. But before we do, I just wanted to ask George's opinion. Uh, you know, last week, Mariano Rivera, we were talking, um, since we were talking about Hall of Fame, Mariano Rivera inducted into the Hall of Fame. And uh, it was interesting to see uh, Derek Jeter there, you know, among uh, former Yankees, you know, that were Rivera's teammates. You had uh, Tina Martinez uh, was there. Bernie Williams played the Star Spangled Banner on the, the guitar. Andy Pettit was there. Uh, and uh, the... There was a story uh, this week about, uh, you know, Jeter is going to be eligible to make the Hall of Fame next season. And there's no doubt in my mind that he's he's going to garner enough votes. He's not going to be a unanimous. Uh, he's not going to gain all the votes the way that, uh, that uh, Rivera did. But a couple of guys, Andre Dawson and Tony Perez, uh, former employees of the Miami Marlins, of which uh, Jeter is now part owner, uh, they're thinking about boycotting <laughs> the uh, the Hall of Fame ceremonies next season, and what it has to do with is that uh, you know once Jeter took over, uh, basically they were uh, fired. I mean, I think they were making something like eighty five thousand a year, and that's some perks. They got to wear the uniform, the Marlins uniform, and they kind of weren't very happy about the way they were treated. So, uh, did you hear about that, George? Or what, what do you think about uh, our former shortstop uh, for the New York Yankees, Derek Jeter? Well, I think we know uh, Jeter as the uh, general manager slash owner, part of owner of the uh, Miami Marlins has made mistakes, right? Uh, how he's uh, dealt with people has been pretty bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Perez and Dawson aren't the only ones he's screwed over. I mean, for those who don't know, uh, he fired them when he first came on. And I don't really have a problem. And uh, if, if you read the article, they didn't really have a problem either with Jeter coming in and cleaning house. Maybe that needed to be done well for, well with the Marlins, but it's how he did it. You know, mm-hmm. he had somebody come down, I forget, uh, an employee who ended up not being fired as well, pretty much tell Dawson and uh, Perez, hey, you know, you're done. You know, Gina mm-hmm. should have had the balls to do it himself. You know, exactly. Yeah. And uh, people always say, you know, they would come and explain to me, I, I've been fine with it. They probably still would have been fine with it, but they would have accepted it. But Gina's mm-hmm. got to go that. I mean, that's Andre Dawson and Tony Perez. You go down, this, you know, we're going in a different direction. I'm sorry, because I'm not going to bring you back. And then it ended up being where, I guess, I think making 85000 you know, mm-hmm. a year, 
and uh, Jeter ended up giving them a uh, an, uh, another offer, offering them twenty five thousand, but they couldn't dress in uniform for. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it was insulting. It was certainly insulting. Right. Yeah, but it, it was just a lot of Jeter's sort of safe face there. Oh, I gave, I offered them a job. They said no, that sort of thing. But it was really <laughs> an insulting offer. So it was. It's a PR screw up for Jeter. As far as Dawson and Perez, I have no problem with them being upset. That being said, I mean, I think you still go to the Hall of Fame. You don't want to uh, listen to, uh, to Derek Jeter's speech when it says he's up there? That's fine. You know, do what you mm-hmm. got to do there. But I'm not just leaving. I'm not. What about the other guys who are elected into the Hall of Fame? Assuming there'll be other, more than just Derek Jeter next year. Plus, you get, get to spend mm-hmm. with all the time with all the, all the Hall of Famers, all the guys. You know, right, I would right. still go. I just would, I wouldn't be schmoozing with Jeter when when it's his speech. I wouldn't you know you can leave the stage, you know go to the right. bathroom, go have a drink somewhere, whatever it might be. That's how I would handle it if I'm those guys, assuming they still have those hard feelings. Uh, I don't I don't blame them for being upset. I think Jeter handled it terribly. A lot of things he's done there, he's going to get better as he goes along here. But you know, how he deals with people has always been you know blah. Yeah, he was always good with the New York media, but he never told the New York media anything. He was very good at talking to them and really talking without saying anything is what he did. Mm-hmm, he was always mm-hmm. very, uh, you know, very, I don't want to say cold. I don't think that's fair, but maybe one level up from cold. Maybe if that's uh, yeah, I have to look up that word. Make no, sure I wouldn't say he was aloof. I think uh, yeah. that makes him sound a little, uh, you know, serious person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very serious. He, he was very open to himself. Himself. <laughs> Yeah. What most people are coached to do. All right, so I just thought I'd mention it since we were talking uh, Hall of Fame, and uh, you know he's. Uh... Uh, let's switch gears and uh, go back to a little fantasy football talk, and uh, we talked about uh, Ezekiel Elliott holding out uh, Melvin Gordon, and you you mentioned that this is like a it's a, it's a different kind of of, of holdout where uh, this could be a. a Longer term, Melvin Gordon, uh, L.A. Chargers, uh, running back, uh, first-round pick in uh, fantasy drafts. Rioters hold out. And, uh, buckle our seatbelts, George, with this one. Yeah, I think L.A. I'm um, sorry, I think Gordon could go, go into the regular season, uh, mainly because the Chargers seem to have a hard-line stance. And once again, mm-hmm. it always comes down to what, what does the organization feel about the running back position? Is it not important? And for the Chargers, they seem to be one of those organizations who believe not that Gordon is replaceable, but that he's not irreplaceable. You know, that sort of thing there, where they could survive without him. They also have two decent backs in Eckler and Jackson. Mm-hmm. Once again, they have guys who can maybe be 80% of uh, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon also gets hurt, it seems like a bunch. They may be thinking that too. It's not worth putting this amount of money into Melvin Gordon. So I think this one does go into the regular season. I do. Uh, it also wouldn't shock me if Gordon doesn't show up until he's required to to get that extra year, which is what week ten. That's mm-hmm. it as well. You know, uh, I don't think he'll flush the whole season like Bell did. Yeah, but I think he may not show until he he has to. I think right now he's pretty. Yeah, you know, so him and uh, him and uh, the Cowboys that the Cowboys aren't dug in. I think I think Jerry Jones can be worked over. Yeah, or whatever it is, I think Jerry Jones can be worked over. I think Jerry Jones, although he denied it yesterday, also remembers '93 when Emmett Smith didn't have a contract and he missed the first two games of the season. Dallas lost both games. All of a sudden, Emmett Smith, Dallas lost one game the rest of the year. I think Jerry Jones can be uh, pers- like I said, Jerry Jones. It was brought up yesterday about Emmett Smith. He, Hey, well, Emmett didn't have a contract. Elliot does. Very true, but in the end, I think Elliot. I think they'll come to some kind of a sort of an agreement. Not going to get as much money as you want, you know, because all the things that are happening here, and but we're going to pay you more than we'd like to. That's sort of a compromise. Gordon, it's different. It's just different. I think there's more anger going on there. Even the charges probably have said all the right things. Oh, we love Melvin going. Want him back? Da da da. Privately, uh, I think Gordon has some issues here. Uh, listen, I hope he comes back. I've got him on a dynasty league, and it would kill mm-hmm. that team if he kept it all. When dynasty league, you're not getting running backs. It's so tough. So I hope he comes back, but I think it's going to be very, very tough. 
Le'Veon Bell, who all of a sudden says, hey, you know, I'll take 500 touches this year. (laughs) And uh, also, but basically what happened with Bell kind of, you know, makes us think, you know, uh, you know, that that what could happen if everything goes wrong in a Sacrificing a ton of money, but uh, you also mentioned Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson as uh, the backups uh, for the Chargers. Uh, are these two guys? I mean, do you have have a preference of of one over the other? If I, if I seem to remember, you know, in times when Eckler has been given the rock, uh, when Gordon uh, kind of disappointed. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Is there one that you prefer over the other? There, is there one I prefer over the other? <laughs> um, in drafts, uh, I think, yeah, I'm trying to think how I would approach this. I haven't done a draft since this came out. So, I'm thinking how I would approach it. I would probably go Jackson. I don't know if Eckler's job is going to change all that much. A couple of extra carries. Jackson would be the Melvin Gordon role, but Melvin Gordon light. You know, Eckler would have his own role, but it'd be a little heavier. You know, mm-hmm. I think Jackson would still be a touchdown guy. guy. So I'd rather have Justin Jackson, but they, where Melvin Gordon's a running back one, now you're looking at running back threes. You know, that sort of thing. They, they will both. I'll give them both running back threes. I'll go Justin Jackson over him, but I don't think anybody truly knows. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you were pretty high on uh, the Chargers this year in terms of uh, AFC. Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just and, uh So, you know, what's the overall look? Uh, what are you looking for out of these Chargers this year? Their over-under is uh, nine and a half. Uh, you know, the, the, I looked at their the schedule. It's not as easy, you know, as I as I thought when we first looked at it. I mean, uh, look, they, they open up a, a, against Indianapolis. game, but I guess they're home. Then at Detroit, uh, home to Houston, Miami's winnable. Uh, you know, the, the, the at Chicago this year. I mean, what's the uh, overall, uh, you know, look? Schedule is certainly not tough. Indianapolis is a tough game. Detroit, Houston could be tough. Miami, Denver, Pittsburgh's not the team they, they used Minnesota. to be. Minnesota. Not gonna face all. You're not gonna get 16 easy games. Two games but their division KC. outside of KC is is easily doable mm-hmm. here. Kyle game's tough. Green Bay is an eight and eight team. Oakland, KC, mm-hmm. Jacksonville. This schedule is actually kind of nice. I would take the schedule almost any day. Yeah. Problem is when we talked about this, there are two things that have changed: Melvin Gordon and. T- Melvin Gordon, gone. Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. here. You know, neither, uh, not, neither one of those things was expected. And now it's happened. So, yeah, things have certainly changed with the charge. The inf- information changed. Originally, uh, when we talked, I think I had a, I shouldn't say, I think I'm pretty sure I had the charges winning the division. I don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, now that Tyreek Hill wasn't suspended, and Melvin Gordon, I think, is going to be out to the regular season, well, that hurts. And now I switched, uh, I flip-flop those two. I think it's a pretty easy flip-flop mm-hmm. for me. When the information changes, so does the uh, the results. That's just that's just the way it is in sports. That's why a lot of us hate making predictions because oh, you make predictions, and things change the next week. You'll, right. You right, know, right. betting's a little different. This you is could why, never look like an idiot. Come on. Sure, I can. I'm very good at that. <laughs> uh, but that's also why when it comes to gambling or betting, you need to decide: Do I place the bet now, or do I want to wait? You know, the odds going to get better. Is uh, what information going? Is the information that's going to be better or worse for me? Yeah, it ended up being I didn't bet on uh, the Chargers or the Chiefs. Specifically Denver. I think Denver's going to have a horrific season. Their over-under mm-hmm. was seven offhand, and I had far under. It's uh, it's crazy. I think Denver's going to be a, a bad team. I have all sorts. Of... Uh, but that being said, I think the Chargers are still a good team, really good team. But uh, mm-hmm. you can't tell me, you know, not having mean, Melvin Gordon's not going to have an effect. Of course it's going to have an effect. You know, the question is how much of an effect. You know, I say, I do think Eagler and uh, Jackson could do somewhat of the same role, but they're not the same player as Melvin Gordon. 
if, if they can get 80% of Gordon with Eakler and Jackson, I think that's why they're holding a, such a firm line. Because they also know that, you know, Gordon only had one full season. And even in that full season, he only had 1,100 yards. But running back, mm, he's not great. You know, to me, uh, when you, do, when you just do the simple math, 1,100 divided by 16, you know, what do you come out with? You know I mean? Right. What do you come out with? It's not like he's running for 100 yards a game. That's 69 yards a game. Think about that. That's all it is. It's 69 yards a game. So it's not all that great. You really have to talk about being, uh, being over 1,200 yards before, before I would say you had a great season. I, I, I kind of like 1,250 because when you do that, that comes out to almost 80 yards a game. Mm-hmm. And I like that better. You know, uh, so it, it is what it is. We, once again, we, we can all play with numbers, say what they are. But I think that's why the Chargers, once again, are taking such a hard line. I think they know damn well. Justin Jackson's not going to get 1,100 yards, probably not going to get 1,000 yards. He may get 800. But if you combine that with what Eakler could do, and now maybe you do have close to the same back as Gordon. Plus, you got Rivers, you got passing game with Keenan Allen, mm-hmm. Hunter Henry's back. Defense is very good. So I think that's what they're thinking here. They can survive. My only thought is, you know, you want to go into a new stadium in a couple of years when that stadium. Uh, Philip Rivers isn't going to be around forever. You need to. Gordon hurts that. It definitely hurts that opportunity. They may also be thinking the same thing. Eh, he'll be back by week 10. You know, we'll have him a stretch run anyway. You love the fact uh, you know, rushing yards and whatnot, but he's always good for those, you know, 40 to 50 uh, receptions from a fantasy perspective. And so what do you think about uh, Mike Williams? Uh, you know, maybe a, a third-year breakout kind of guy? I mean, a big play receiver. All right, uh, hang on a second little... there, Joe. We do have some breaking news here, by the way. Breaking you're news? You're not going to like it. Oh. Yeah, you're Uh-oh. not going to like it. You thought the Giants, the Giants receiving core was bad already? It's coming out now. This is from Adam Schefter. It is Golden Tate. Uh-huh. He is appealing uh. a four-game suspension for violating the NFL's oh my God. PEDs. Yeah, this just literally oh came out. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Golden Tate uh, suspended for the first four games of the season. He's in the appeal process right now. That's why it's not widespread news. This is from Adam Schefter. Yeah. So uh, uh-huh, this is uh-huh. not something that's uh, from somebody we don't know. But, wow. Right. Uh, I mean, you talk about a voodoo doll right now. It's somebody has on the Giants wide receiver core. Uh, what do you think OBJ is doing right now? Laughing his ass off. Laughing his ass off is what he's doing right now. Uh Ow, uh, Tate, you know, and you got to call. I, I, I think, uh, I think Shepard will be back by week one. I think the film will be fine. Still, it could hinder him for a little bit. And then Corey Tate Coleman Ingram, the that's, that's it. Yeah. Tate Ingram, Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin. <laughs> Leverage just got a little higher. Yeah, yeah. You can ask for, uh, Julian, right? It's a season for the Giants. We'll be back with more. We get fantasy update of the Best Sports Radio Network.